When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph and Nick. Happy Hub Day, Rush Nation. Welcome to the second of three shows in the studio today after some on-location recording Monday with Stuart Love. I mean, we weren't with Stuart Love because he's at the other end of the country. Murph was at home, I was at home, but we're back in the Five Yard Rush studio. Murph, welcome home. How are you? It's good, mate. It's good to be back in the studio. Um... Yeah, we should clarify that Scotland is technically a different country, as much as we're all UK. Don't want to be offending our Scottish listeners. Very true, apologies. <laughs> Let's get that out there. We're all uh, together, at least until whatever happens with government and powers that be and referendums. Well, 10 days. Well, yeah, but they might be extending it till June. And But if they don't, you've only got 10 days to jump the border, is what I'm saying, Scots. Yeah. Although, we quite fancy going the other way. The I way. was going to say, or, or we're all going to end up in Ireland, I think, at this rate, and uh, take over there one more time. So, we'll see what happens. But we're not a political podcast, so that is where we will end. Now, I'm not going to do a max hunger. I'm not going to retire. I've walked about 25 kilometres already this week. My lower body is still in tip-top condition. Actually, that's a lie. It's not in tip-top condition, but I'm not going to retire. Wowzers. It's Wednesday. We're going to do some news. We've got some good discussion points coming up, Rush Nation do some top free agents left, and there's going to be some Murph on the streets if there's time. Yep. Can't promise that, but we know you love it, so we'll try and squeeze it in. How did you enjoy Monday's show with Stuart? I really loved it. It was, it was impromptu, so a bit of background, Stuart was someone we tried to get on uh, a couple of times, and uh, it's not worked out for whatever reason, scheduling, etc., but uh, messaged us and said, yep, ready to go for this day, and we were like, yep, fine, we'll jump on it. Really enjoyed it. The feedback on Twitter has been incredible, so... Uh, thanks so much. He even filmed a really nice message to to us, which uh, really touched the heartstrings a little bit. Um, really was lovely to for him, and I you know, really enjoyed it. Shame we lost the last couple of minutes, but yeah, yeah, apparently his iPhone just stopped working, was really hot, and he sent us a video saying this is my phone and it won't work. So it's not even like he was lying; he just he his just phone, died. Yeah. So and it's funny because him and I were talking about iPhones literally, I think five minutes before we went on. So. Um, and saying we'd never go to Samsung's. So well, I'm just saying one of them blew up live on the S. <laughs> and Samsung, if you are listening and you want to hook us up with some S10s, we would not say no to some podcast phones. Yeah. I know someone who works at Samsung. But... Oh, well, there you go. Uh, yeah. I saw him on Saturday, actually, for lunch. But it's a different story. But when you see him next time for lunch, nudge, nudge. <laughs> iPhone broken us on air. Right. 
Let's do some news, Murph. Tyreek Hill's under investigation for alleged battery. He's had prior indiscretions before coming into the NFL, although you said this might not actually be true. I don't think it's not true. I think there's always no smoke without fire, but it's hard to tell what's happened. So I hate talking about things like this. I think we said it before with the Kareem Hunt thing, and it's another news item we'll get to in a moment. But I think um, the, the allegations are that a child's arm was broken. There's two re- police reports. And he's named on one and not named on the other. And it's his fiance that's named on the other police report. So, like all things, it's best to just assume that he is innocent until he is proven guilty. Um, however, if there is any truth to this and he is responsible for breaking his child's arm or anything involved in, in this sort of nature, he is on for a very lengthy ban for... there's categories and similar to what happened with cream hunt where you can get a severely escalated ban if uh, different criteria are hit and the first one is that you had incidents prior to entering the league that are related to the matter so this is why sometimes you get people like um flash gordon for example who you know has now got an indefinite ban uh, david irving similar thing because of continued breaches for the same thing and the second one is because it involves a child so these are like massive accelerators that really do put pressure on. So at this moment in time, it's it's under investigation. He was still playing. They've halted. They're about to give him a huge contract. So I guess they've halted that discussion. From a fancy perspective, it's it's interesting because now what do you do? Do you risk it and hold him? Or if somebody comes in and makes an offer, let's say, I don't know, the 101. Or I don't know. Um that's got to be team specific. Player. Yeah, it's got to be team specific. But if somebody comes in with an offer with you to get out, so like the 101 in this year's rookie draft in the Dynasty League, would you take it? Because I'd, I'd be considering it. Yeah. Because it's I an mean, opportunity to get away. I think I've got a funny feeling I own him in the Epsom Dynasty, which has just come over me like a dark cloud. <laughs> because I don't, I don't, it's not that I think he's done it, but I like my players to be safe. Yeah. I'm not. I like having safe starters and then upside bench. And in redraft, I suppose you're not going to be redraft, drafting your redraft now, but if you are, can't touch him just in case. Because you're going to be taking him as your wide receiver one, aren't you? Yeah, I think all right, it's like, all, I, I take any player, but for me, I wouldn't want to be touching him in my first four rounds. Because I'd rather, no, I'd rather take a tiny hit and get another wide receiver one who isn't ranked as highly and get somebody else. And maybe lose a couple of points a game, but the but knowing that they're going to be in that position, then risk what happens. I think especially after what happened last year with Bell and a few other people. So I, I you know, I admire people that take a risk. And and if the position sits and it's so if Tyreek kills in the fourth fifth round, I, I you know, you'd, you'd, I'd, I'd punt it. Well, that's, you pull the up trigger on upside there at that point. Of course you, you would. But I think it's it's relatively unclear at the moment and the problem with NFL investigations as we've seen over the previous years with Zeke Elliott with Kareem Hunt although that was pretty quick only due to the videotape um Jameis Winston's a great example that investigation was nine months so it's just like if it takes that long we're talking about actually moving into draft season with this cloud we had it last year with Shady McCoy and some people moved away because they weren't sure he was going to get a ban for what happened in his house whether or not he was there or what, whether or not he was complicit it turned out that all went away very very quietly but he, he was poor anyway but the NFL have a habit of not sorting these things out very quickly and they're not a very mobile organization for that so I, I would be thinking now what do you do and if you can get Sammy Watkins relatively cheap I was just going to say, what do you punt that. do? You do go after Sammy Watkins and Dynasty for cheap because he had a poor season last year, considering what they thought he was going to be, and people would be willing to get rid of him. So I think if you could buy him low, even if you buy him at, I I don't know what I would give up. Would I give up a 2019 first round pick in Dynasty for Sammy Watkins? And I guess that would depend entirely on where I'm drafting. If I'm drafting in the first half of the first round, I'd probably say no. Um, if I'm drafting at the very back end of the first round, I'd consider it, but I'd have to look at my team needs specific. But definitely a second. If you can get a second or if you can package a player in return um, that maybe has got a move um, that you can try and get in exchange. I'm trying to think of players at a similar rate 
So, well, well let's, why don't we say you know, the Giants? We'll just move on to the next. Well, not move on, but we'll include the next bit of news. The Giants have signed Golden Tate to replace OBJ on a four-year deal. Well, who do you take? Do you take Tate at the Giants, or do you, do you gamble on Sammy Watkins? Oh, that's a good question. Because I mean, if Sterling Shepard, the Patriots are apparently interested in a trade for Sterling Shepard. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with the Giants? We'll talk about them in a little bit. But if that's the case and the Shepherd moves on, Tate's pretty much the only decent wide receiver there. I, I would say at this stage, it, as the chips currently sit, mm-hmm. no more information, I would deal Tate for Watkins because I think there's more upside to Watkins than there is to Tate. But I can see where the other end of that trade accelerates quickly because if Hill clears and is fine and Shepard gets traded to the Patriots, then Golden Tate is by far the better prospect. Mm. There's so many uncertainties. In fact, in that position, you then have to weigh out what you're getting in return. As a straight swap, I'd be torn. I'd be really honest with you. I don't actually know what I would do. Because um, I'm not a big Golden Tate fan. I, I, he, has, he has fantasy value, but so does Andrew Watkins, but I don't know. I, th- I think I'd probably lean towards Watkins, but you don't know, really. I think it's so much uncertainty. I think if you're, if you could try and get him for cheaper than that, I think if you can try and get him for a second round dynasty pick and hope that someone's not reading the news or someone believes that sort of um, press that he's going to get off and therefore thinks they're quite safe with Hill and that Watkins, Watkins didn't do as well as we'd hoped because it, he was new to the system anyway. We, we've talked about this on the pod. First round or first year receivers in a new town don't tend to pop as much as normal. There is elite talent this year. We'll see it with OBJ and, and Antonio Brown. We might see the same production. We might see an increase. We might see a decrease. It kind of all depends. But typically, the top scoring wide receivers tend to have been at their teams for more than a year. So I think Sammy Watkins is in line to improve. But who knows? As a wishy-washy answer, but there's not enough facts to determine what is the right way to approach it at this stage. Then what about Sterling Shepard? How do you like him if he moves to the Patriots? I don't. All right. I don't. I don't because when was the last time you had a wide receiver with the Patriots be a top twelve fantasy wide receiver? Brandon Cooks two years ago was he not top twelve? I don't think he was. That's something we should know. Yeah. Murph's going to look it up. I am going to put my chips on that he was. I'm going to say that like wide receiver ten. Okay. That's fine. I'll carry on. Talk about Kareem Hunt and then I'll... I will talk about one... Well, moving possibly from one former chief to an actual former chief. Kareem Hunt, suspended for eight games for violating the NFL personal conduct policy. He's not going to appeal it because he was banged to rights because of the video, like Murph just mentioned. We mentioned this pretty much when it came out that he was going to get between... What did we say? Between seven and nine? We said between eight and ten. Oh, okay. Could be as many as twelve. But we did talk about the fact, I said I didn't believe he would appeal. Um, it's similar to the, the Winston situation in 2018 where they agreed a reduced sentence for a non-appeal because the NFL gets massively done in these appeal processes. It drags out. It doesn't look good for the league. It doesn't look good for, for anybody. So that's something to to really think about. But that's why he's not appealing it. I think it would have been ten games, twelve games had he agreed not had he not agreed to um, appeal. So I think the fact that he's not appealing has reduced it to eight, and they've all parties just want done with it. So that seems to be the end of the matter. He'll do his eight games. And uh, Antonio um, actually asked on Twitter, "Is he somebody you would consider drafting?" So who Kareem Hunt? Yeah, in no. a redraft league. Ah, uh, you can't. I don't think you can touch him. Do you not? I don't, because I don't know when the Browns bye week is. I just tried to look it up, and there wasn't any information on bye weeks on Fantasy Pros. There probably is somewhere else in the world. But let's just, for instance, say the Browns are on bye nine. Well, it doesn't matter when they're on bye, really, because they have to include that in his ban. Or exclude it from his ban, sorry. So you think, if your fantasy season up until the playoffs is week 14, like it should be, and Kareem Hunt misses nine of those 14 weeks... You're going to have to presume that Kareem Hunt comes in and takes snaps from a Nick Chubb who could possibly be one of the top running backs in fantasy for those nine weeks. And then they split the shares 50-50. Let's just say that's how he comes in and and Kareem Hunt. Is a Kareem Hunt 50-50 split with Nick Chubb worth 
the excess in draft capital you're going to have to pay for him for those five games. It depends what round you take him. It's exactly what I said to Antonio. Is yeah, but that that that's a very an easy, not an easy out, and that's no. that is the truth. So it he, depends he, when you take him. But I I wonder what his ADP is right now on on mock drafts and stuff on Fantasy Pros because let's say if he's going in the fifth, do you want him in the fifth? No, in the sixth, where where does he become a value? Like I don't know. I I'm not talking about a. For me, I cannot consider him until. In a redraft league, I cannot consider him before the 12th round. Cannot consider him for that reason that he's going to miss over half your season. Would I, depending on how the chips fall, punt him at, at in the 12th, 13th round? And I've got five or six running backs already. If I had Nick Chubb, I definitely would. I'd handcuff him. Because I think, what have you got to lose? Worst case scenario, you cut him after a couple of weeks. If you've seen people pop like a Kittle and a Lindsay uh, last year then he's an easy person to cut from your roster. But, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't consider drafting him in the 6th round, 7th round, 8th round. I wouldn't consider drafting him to use him. But imagine, just imagine a scenario where Kareem Hunt comes back, earns the place, gets loads of touches, and he becomes the one in Cleveland right in time for the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. so That's the scenario I'm thinking of. I, I, I get your logic. And given, so I've just Googled his... Shout out to Google, his ADP currently. And in a PPR format, 12 team, because that's the thing they've got in front of me, he's going in the 10-12, so end of the 10th. That's a little high. That's of, as of today. Yeah, so 12th 12, 12 round onwards, I, I would consider it for me personally. I think that's the point where, and again, it depends on the chips fall, but that for me, um, depending on who I've got in my running back room, I would consider it. I'd maybe consider it in the 11th, or 12, in the 11th round if I had Chubb as my handcuff. But it would take a lot for me to want to do that. Mm-hmm. That's um, a serious handcuff as well. Yeah, I also checked um, Brandon Cooks was uh, seventh in 2017 oh, right. in standard scoring. So higher than I said. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think he was that I was high. on the over. It was very close. So he this was... is, obviously these are mock drafts taking place. I don't know where they're done. But this is players taken after Kareem Hunt. So straight after Kareem Hunt is Kirk Cousins. This is on average, and Chicago defense, Big Ben, Jimmy Garoppolo, Gio Bernard, Kenny Stills, who now Fitz Magic is in town, could be an absolute steal. At the moment, forget the quarterbacks, because that's a different debate, because it depends on when you take your first quarterback and you take your second. I'm taking him over Gio Bernard, and I'm taking him over Kenny Stills. At, at 10, at the end of 10. Well, if they're on the board, and that's my choice, is those three players. Dante Pettis, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate. Well, okay, Golden Tate is someone I'd consider, and Sterling Shepard, depending on the situation. Those I'd have to keep an eye on. But Kareem Hunt would be behind those, currently. See, I, I don't mind him at the end of 10. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. If those are the players that he's going around, Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard would be ones to watch, depending on what happens with with Shepard, and if he stays on the team or not. If he stays on the team, I don't know how that situation works, but we'll get onto the Giants and their fuzzy logic. But, yeah. <laughs> right. So the Dolphins, just mentioned them, they've traded Ryan Tannehill and a 2019 sixth round pick to the Titans for a 2020 fourth round pick and a 2019 seventh round pick. Tannehill has also restructured his contract at the Titans. There was a lot of numbers in there, Rush Nation, I apologise. Tannehill basically goes to be Mariota's backup. Yeah, but do you know how much it's costing? Forget, okay, they've traded a 2020 fourth, which is quite high. Yep. But do you know how much they're paying him in who, salary? Who, the Dolphins. The Titans. Do you know how much he's going to get paid by the Titans this well, year? Well, I know he's got about 16 mil in dead cap at the Dolphins. Yeah, so he's got a 13 and a half mil. Right. And they've agreed to pay five of the seven million of his salary this year. So the Titans are paying five million? No, the Titans are paying two. Oh, so well done. That's what I mean. So the Titans are paying for their backup. That's why they've cut Blaine Gabbert. Because they're probably paying not far off what they were paying Blaine Gabbert. If not, maybe Blaine Gabbert was maybe getting more money for Marcus Mariota's replace, uh, backup, who Marcus Mariota's never played 16 games in the NFL, as far as I recall. He's injury prone. He looked suspect last year. And you've got a guy who has played multiple games in the NFL. I don't hate that. Like, I think the 2024th is high. But let's be honest, the injuries to Mariota cost them the playoffs last year. Yep. So if they'd had Tannehill last season, 
they would have been in the playoffs. I'd, I'd go bottom dollar that they would be in the playoffs because they would have stolen one or two more wins. Tannehill actually isn't a bad quarterback. He's not. He's someone in the odd game I would be fine with. I'd be comfortable with. I don't think I'd want him under centre on the money he was on in, in Miami. So I get getting rid of him because they actually have saved cap room, believe it or not, although they're paying all this money now. They have saved some cap room on him for this season. I don't know how they got to that contract anyway. So I get moving him on and I get, and they've got a fourth round 2020 pick. I, I, the late round picks, whatever, they're redundant. Um, but the, 20, the the fourth round pick is is quite useful. I think it's, it's one of those rare trades. I kind of like it for both teams. I think for where both teams are, if I'm the Titans, knowing I'm one win away from the playoffs last year, getting a backup quarterback when your quarterback isn't, well, also he's on his fifth year deal. So what do you do? I, I, Tannehill has a real opportunity to win that job for me. So I think it's an interesting deal and I rate both sides. And especially if it's not going to cost the Titans more than two million in cap, I think, yeah, go for it. Well, we're moving to talk about another backup. Blake Bortles is signed for the Rams to back up Jared Goff. If you're going to give me uh, Ryan Tannehill or Blake Bortles as your backup, there's only one winner in that conversation. Ryan Tannehill? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt in my mind. But do you know what? I think it'd be really funny. Jared Goff is heading into his fourth year of his contract. I know what you're going to say. (laughs) He's heading into his fourth year of his contract. Now, Jared Goff is not a guy. If I'm in the LA Rams organization... And this is a controversial take. Take it or leave it. I wouldn't pay him his next contract. Me neither. So I would trade him. Someone will pay him. I'd get a third round pick, fourth round pick back. Whatever you can get for him, basically, at the end of this year. If you give Blake Bortles a year in the Sean McVay offense, wouldn't it be funny if he took over the job? Funny, f- funny good or, or funny bad? I just think it'd be. I just think it'd be funny. I just think it'd be funny, you know, funny like ha ha kind of way that fake Bortles, who can't, you know, he's been a laughing stock of the league. Let's see how good Sean McVay is because I tell you what, if he can turn Blake Bortles into a top sixteen NFL quarterback yep. in his system, I'd lay down the sword and say he's one of the best, uh, one of the best coaches of all time. But in his system, but I could honestly see that as something that could work. No, because he struggled with Goff in the Super Bowl. He's not going to be able to get <laughs> Blake Bortles. Oh, to... I'm not saying he wins a Super Bowl, but I'm saying for a team to get consistently to the playoffs, you saw. I, I, I I'm not a big Blake Bortles fan. I think that's pretty pretty evident. But do I think Blake Bortles is a heck of a lot worse than Jared Goff? No. <laughs> Well, no, and, and if you're getting to the point where you're going to pay a quarterback like Jared Goff 25, 30 million a year, I'd get rid and play Blake Portals instead, and then I'd draft one. And as a bridging quarterback, I, I don't think you could do a lot worse. Than Blake the Snake. Well, compared to who else is out there, at the moment, the number one free agent quarterback out there today is Sam Bradford. Now, I'm not a big Blake Portals fan, but he's a heck of a lot better than Sam Bradford. Yeah, he is. I mean, there, could... there isn't anyone else in that. There's no one else out there in free agency that I would want. I, I wouldn't want Blake Bortles. But if I'm sitting there thinking I need a backup, you take Ryan Van Tannehill. I take Tannehill as I, when you look at the the backups that were being shopped around, and Tannehill was effectively he was a starter. He's been starting for years. So you got Tannehill, Teddy Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor, Blake Bortles. Tannehill head and shoulders above the other three. Like for me, not even a contest. Then I'd have Tyrod. Then I'd have Blake. Then I'd have Teddy. <sighs> Crikey. I, I, Teddy's not played much in five years. No, no, I feel, years. I feel you. I feel you. So I, I can't really rate him. And then there'd be a big gap. I'd probably find some 12-year-old kid. I'd probably play him. Then I'd play Sam Bradford. Poor Sammy Biscuits. Wait. Well, let's forget about Sammy Biscuits. Anyway. So yeah, the Saints have re-signed Teddy Bridgewater, who turned down the Dolphins after meeting with them in Miami. And then the Dolphins responded by signing former Bucks quarterback Ryan Fitzmagic to a two-year, 11 milli deal. How do you feel about this? Sure, I love it. If I absolutely love this because we'll talk about Miami in a bit. But if your team is in tank mode, which they arguably could be, mm-hmm. you at least want to have some fun. You want to at least watch a team that is somewhat exciting. You're going to get a few highlights. It's going to be a bit... Not laughing as in ha-ha, but as in, like, it's more enjoyable. And let's be honest, he is he's box office. 
Fitzmagic. We forget last season. I don't because I watched it closely. But he threw three hundred, three consecutive four hundred yard games. First time ever. His jersey's now in the Hall of Fame because of this. And he was box office for three weeks. He was the headline of the NFL. And I'm not saying that he is going to take them to the playoffs. Far from it. I think he is a six seven win quarterback. But you know what? At least he'll be slinging the ball. It'll be entertaining with a team that you know. He's not going to make the playoffs. Let's be honest about it. Miami Dolphins will not be in the playoffs in, in 2019. So why not bring in someone who is going to make it a bit more exciting? You've got a really likable guy who's a veteran who can coach the next quarterback. If they take one this year, we don't know. We'll, we can talk about it. I, I'm all right with that as Miami. If I'm knowing that my team is going to take a year or two out, potentially, I just want to have some fun. It's better for me than having a Deshaun Kaiser. Mm. Brent Huntley. Uh, Brent Huntley, exactly. At least to have a quarterback who's got a bit about him, is a bit entertaining, you get a few nice press conferences, he, he can make plays. Like It's exciting to watch. Like As a Buccaneers fan for the first four games of last season, it was relatively entertaining. Like I was relatively shocked that he, he's still got that. He's a bit of a gunslinger. He'll make mistakes, he'll turn the ball over, but you won't be bored. You know, we'll get to that in a little bit when we talk about the Finns. The Eagles have signed podcast favourite safety Andrew Sendejo. Good luck over in Philly. The Giants GM Dave Gettleman spoke for the first time since shipping Odell Beckham to Cleveland. He stands behind the decision and also made it clear Eli Manning isn't going anywhere. We'll talk about the Giants. We've mentioned Golden Tate. The Bears have signed Ha Clinton Dix. The Seahawks have re-signed KJ Wright. The 49ers signed Tevin Coleman. We'll come back to that in once. Are we talking about them in a bit? That's not on the list. It's it? not on the list. All right, one second. And then Shaquille Barrett is headed to Tampa Bay. Fire those cannons. Murph's moderately excited. Great signing. Yeah, the outside linebacker has agreed to terms with the Buccaneers. The team has announced. One year deal. Five year, uh, five million max. So, really like the deal. Good player. Got stuck behind. Oh, my God. The name's just completely escaped me. <laughs> it's, this is, oh. I can't even help you out here. Where's he come from? Denver. What, behind Chubb? No. The main... Von Miller? Yes. The guy, his name, I always forget. Forgot it in the ten yard, full 10 yards quiz question about Super Bowl 50 MVP. Yep. I always forget Von Miller's name. I don't know why. I'm really sorry because he's an amazing player. Do you know what we need? We need a Von Miller pop head so you can sit on the desk so you can look That's at him. That's exactly what we need. All right, somebody sort us out. We'll pay for it, but just tweet us with a link to the Von Miller pop head. Not the one with the glasses, the other one. Just, yeah, there is. He's got nice little orange round glasses. Or with the glasses, because I'm wearing glasses. Moving back to the 49ers, if Tom was here from Ice the Kicker, he could talk about this, but he isn't. Tom, get yourself back to the studio, mate. So they've signed Tevin Coleman. This is a backfield I want absolutely nothing to do with this year in fantasy at all. I can't help but think Jerry McKinnon's getting cut. Getting cut? I, I, hey, uh, or, or traded. Do you seriously think it's that big a move? Like, obviously, with him being injured and stuff, he might not be fit. We well, they've don't... just resigned Moster as well. They've got Matt Breda. They've got Matt Breda, McKinnon. who carried them last year. You've got Tevin Coleman, who I'm not a big Tevin Coleman lover, but he's adequate. Mm-hmm. And he's good at sharing the job. He's been sharing the job for a couple of years down in Atlanta. Cool. And then you've got Moster, who's decent as yeah. well. Like, you're talking about capable... That is a capable running back room. And Jeff Matey. What's his name? Jeff... We, took, we were going to take him real late in that dynasty. Oh, and uh, Jeff Wilson. That's Jeff Wilson. Yeah, you got Jeff Wilson. He's another player on there. So they've already paid up a lot of Jared McKinnon's guaranteed money. Like they took the hit last year. So actually to get rid of him it, like from a cut basis, it's not going to cost them that much money. I think it's a few million. It's not ridiculous. Right. So I, you know, if, if I am Philadelphia, I'm making a call. Because they've got no one in their backfield. Josh Adams, I think, has been cut. Or if not, he's about to be cut. So, Philly have no running backs. <laughs> like, literally no one you want to touch with a 10-foot barge pole. So, why would you not phone up the 49ers office and say, give you a six-round pick for Jared McKinnon? I'd do it. His cap's relatively healthy. I just can't see where... I. You're right, I wouldn't want any part of it. Um, and until one of those guys leaves, who I think might be Jared McKinnon... I don't want any part of that backfield. Me either. Because I don't know who's going to get the majority of the carries. Matt Breedo is, you know, always questionable. And he always gets hurt in games. Tevin Coleman, I think, will get touches, but he's never going to be a one. So I don't know how relevant he's going to be. He's also not a massive goal line back. He doesn't get you a lot of TDs. Kyle Juszczyk's also there for a goal line thumper. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, you're right. I want no part of it. But I think it might become clearer. And I think you'll see Jarek McKinnon get cut or traded. I, I would imagine traded. They've paid Tevin Coleman eight and a half with 5.2 guaranteed as well on a two-year deal. Yeah, it's not loads of money. Like it's, I, I'm surprised nobody else went for him. Just because he had a shocker. With Freeman down last year, he didn't. It was his time to shine and put himself out on the market, and he didn't but, do himself any favours. better than a two and a half million a year deal. Like I don't rate him, but if you think of some of the running backs that get money in this market, a four year, eight and a half, four point two a year, guaranteed five. Okay, but yeah. even so, yeah, it's considering they're paying. Jared yeah, but McKillen, then he's only guaranteed five million. Like they can get away from the contract at any time. Yeah, so Jerk McKinnon's on thirty, guaranteed eighteen. But they've paid most of that up. I don't think it's that much to get away from now. I can't click on it because it won't let me. But, yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, so stay away from the 49ers if McKinnon stays there. What well, do you think? Do you think McCollman becomes the one there? No. If I think McKinnon's... it's either Breeder or... So do you think Breeder's the one and then Coleman does what he did at the Falcons, comes in? Potentially. Um, I mean, you need Jarek McKinnon to go, ultimately. He, he, you're, that is the one you kind of need to, to to move on from. I'm just looking at the the potential. They can get rid of him for six million. All right. So take a six million dead cap hit because they paid him a lot of that money up front. So their get out now is is not much. Dead cap hit six million. You heard it here first. McKinnon's getting cut. It's cut or traded. I I can't see how an organization like the Eagles have not gone in and offered a sixth round pick for him. Because I think that suits all parties. Let's talk some top free agents because there's a former Eagle on the list in JHI, British lad from near us. I don't know why the Eagles haven't re-signed him if they want a running back. Too many injuries. He doesn't have any knees, which does not help. No, I, you're not re-signing him if you're you're not re-signing him if you're if you're the Eagles. Um, he's the sort of person that needs to go to a team that just needs someone just to take a little bit of the work off, almost like a committee. So if I'm sitting there thinking who, and, and get a very small contract, I'm talking a million guaranteed, heavily incentivized deal. Well, talking of that, there, there's talk of him going to the Colts, isn't there? So that's a committee. So Colts, Buccaneers, oh, Steelers probably a bit too crowded. Oakland. Oakland. Those are the sorts of landing spots I can see someone punting just a very small amount of money into just to give them something a bit different. And I think if you treat him as a maybe just a third down back, yep. I, I think he can still do a job in the NFL. He's got a bit of explosive pace, but he's just not someone you can do a big load with. He can't be the workhorse. Fantasy now, I think he's completely irrelevant. I don't think he's got a fantasy career left. Unless something miraculously happens, he comes back full clean, bill of health, and he takes over a backfield and owns it, which I don't see, then... I think JJ in the, the days of him playing or being fancy relevant are, are done. Fair. But I'd like to see him in the league. I think he's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, somebody I thought would have signed by now is Justin Houston. I can't believe he hasn't. It must be money. It must be a figure he wants in his head that he that he thinks he's worth and nobody's paid it. Yeah. Same well, and Domakong Su, he's still not signed anywhere. That That's must... definitely money. Yeah. Ziggy Ansa, Edge Rush. It's probably a money thing as well. Uh, or fit. Well, I suppose health could be an issue there. Jared Cook. Well, he went to the Saints, didn't he? And they didn't give him a deal. Well, they haven't yet. So. It's because Josh Hill's there. That made the most sense was him going to the Saints. I would have looked at that and gone, that makes sense. No, do you know why they haven't signed him? Because Josh Hill's there. Not just that. They're going after your boy Noah Fant. They're, they're going to have a first round pick. They're they're gonna, get... They'll trade up. They'll trade up. Well, they traded up for Marcus Davenport last year, so. Um, good luck to that. I think Noah Fan going to the Packers at 12. You'll oh, be here first. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. Oh. There's a few good names on there. Zach Brown, uh, Darkus Denard, Morris Claiborne. Morris Claiborne, Jamie Collins, Clay Matthews, Eric Berry. Well, there's talk of him going down to Dallas and Jerry World for a meeting. So, see how that goes. Wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised by that move. So, um, some really good players still out there. 30 of the 101 top uh, free agents according to NFL.com are still there and free agency's only been open six days so uh, expect most of these to get wrapped up pretty quickly although there were some names on there I don't expect to get signed Sam Bradford being one of them <laughs> he is ranked 101st to be fair I wouldn't have put him in the list but you know I don't work for the NFL yet so not yet Giants job could well be open at some point Murph 
hey, if it'd been open, OBJ would still be a giant. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Rush Nation, get Murph to the Giants. Hashtag get Murph to the Giants. We did it for uh, Sanchez. We'll do it for Murph. <laughs> that might be the greatest achievement of all time. <laughs> Imagine that. Little British fantasy football podcast gets the giant, Giants next GM. You know, if you don't aim for the stars, you'll never get there. No. Right, the great tight end debate episode was fire. We're going to try and have a few mini debates now, although we may have to stop and record another episode because you know how we get when we start chatting. <laughs> Let's talk about the G-men in blue from New York. Where do they go from here? We mentioned that they've just signed Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard could be on the block. OBJ's gone. Gettleman's got absolutely no idea what he's doing. I've heard that the chap from the local radio show is basically running the show. Yeah, so if you haven't had the opportunity or you've not heard of this, you should, um, after this, you should go and download a uh, Roto Underworld podcast done with uh, the Podfather, uh, who's at Fantasy Mansion, and Evan Silver from Roto World. And I think it's called Big Blue Bubble Boy. I think it's the name of it. It came out just over... <laughs> a year ago. Just over a week ago. Not a year ago. No, no, that was the Browns one. Oh, okay. Um, so it came just over just over a week ago. Um, it dropped maybe close to two weeks ago now um, on Roto Underworld. You should find it. It definitely has Bubble Boy in the title, but I think it's Big Blue Bubble Boy, I think it's called. And you should give that an hour of your time to listen to because it's one of the best podcasts you'll ever listen to they did one the previous year which is the one you're referring to on the cleveland browns and they got so much of that right it's a brilliant diagnosis as to what's going on in in new york and it gives a lot of insight but ultimately no one knows what dave getterman is doing i just think he is a man who has just not got a plan he's not got an idea he's not got a clue whether his hands are tied and decisions being made over his head or he's just incompetent i don't really know but listen you don't sign obj and then you trade him and take so much of a cap hit that it's just it's handcuffing your team. Who who out there thinks that Eli Manning can still start in the NFL? Not me, sir. It's just like madness. I and and listen, the way they're talking, they are not taking the quarterback this year. So you have gone with the second overall pick in the strongest quarterback class of the last half decade minimum, if not longer, maybe decade, and you take a running back who you know has a four to five year shelf life of being elite. Mm. Now, I don't doubt that Saquon Barkley is a good player. You can argue the whole running backs don't matter. And I sit in that camp more than the whole, you should go out and pay a load of money for a running back. I do sit in the running. I don't think running backs matter as much as offensive line and quarterbacks and all these other positions. But I can see the merit of taking a generational talent, not that high, but reasonably high. If that's the one piece you need, to challenge if that is you're short one or two pieces he is there i get it so if that had been the patriots i'd have understood that move a lot more or if it had been a couple of ham- a handful of teams i could have understood it but not with the giants because now are they going to challenge this year in 2019 are no. they going to challenge next year no right so that's three years into saquon's five-year window in the meantime you're paying him a top five nfl running back contract so you're hoping by 2021, 2022, you can make a push and you're in almost the decline of his career because running back contracts and, and lifespans are just so short. So he might survive a little longer because he's a receiving back. So he, he may be extended for six years, but you've wasted the prime years of, of his talent for a team that isn't going to get anywhere close to competing. We're not talking about it's eight wins and it would have pushed him over the top. We're talking a team that won, went from three games to five wins, three wins to five wins. I think they struggle to get five wins this season. I don't disagree. I By the think... way, how bad is the NFC East? That that is arguably the worst division in football right now. Like people are talking about, like the decline of the AFC North and the Browns are going to win that division. If anybody other than the Giants, uh, any anyone other than the Cowboys wins that division, I will be absolutely gobsmacked because that division is just terrible. It's just it's just an absolute freefall because you've got the Redskins with no quarterback. All right, they've signed Case Keenum. So they've got Case Keenum or Colt McCoy and a ton of injuries. You've got the Giants who are in an absolute freefall. And you've got the Eagles. And the Eagles aren't that bad, but they have holes and they've got no cap to fill them. So they haven't got the money to try and fix it. So if I'm Dallas, you are pretty much looking at this season as we should walk our division. Like I, I would say right now, there were two teams I would nail onto the playoffs. And they're the Patriots and the Cowboys. 
like nailed on. Might as well they might as well not even playable because they're going to win their divisions. Not not even the Chiefs. No, they had the same record as the Chargers last year. I I can't nail anyone else to to win their division without a ball being kicked than those two. Fair because that's how bad that division is. That is shocking. So it's a gift, but I just don't understand what they're trying to do. I don't understand what Getman's plan is. They've they've paid. They've got thirty four million in dead cap, which is just atrocious. That's just terrible roster management. And if they what are they going to achieve? They're going to try and, what, maybe tank this year and try and get a decent draft pick next year to draft a quarterback? Then why have you taken a running back at two? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And now they've got two first-round picks this year, of which they're probably not going to get a quarterback. So who do you draft this year that is going to help you moving forward? The only positions they can draft, and those is offensive and defensive line. And if they take offensive and defensive line in those picks... And look at them and go, well, okay, you're clearly building for future years. If they take any other position other than the offensive line or the defensive line, they're certifiably insane. <laughs> they take a wide receiver, mad. If they take DBs, insane. If they take any form of offensive weapon, nuts. You might as well just not bother. You might as well just sign some free agents, try and skill them up with, with um, coaching. Pat Shermer has been dealt an absolutely dead hand. This guy's never going to coach in the NFL again. It's going to be laughed out of town. And it's all because Ben McAdoo tried to try to bench Eli Manning because he knew Eli Manning wasn't good enough and it cost him his job. And I didn't even like Ben McAdoo as a coach, but he did something that any coach should do. It cost him his job. He'll never coach in the NFL again. Pat Shermer's inherited it on the grounds of you have to play Eli Manning or else. And now he's, he's never going to coach in the NFL again. He was a pretty poor coach at the Cleveland Browns, I think, when he was there. So, that just... And the same thing with Landon Collins, one of the premium safeties in the in the league. So that I that I really don't understand. So I've said this on the podcast before. Jason Light phoned up on the trade deadline and offered a fourth round pick for Landon Collins. Now, I know what you're saying. Fourth round pick that is not a lot for a player of that caliber. It's more than nothing, though. Exactly that. Now people criticise the fact that the Buccaneers didn't take. Um, I think they got quoted a fifth or sixth round pick for Deshaun Jackson, which is what they ended up getting anyway. Not much more uh, for Deshaun Jackson at the trade deadline from the Eagles. But the difference was the coach there was playing for his job. I don't think, as you've seen, that the Giants were in that situation. They clearly weren't making the playoffs. I think they could have got a third out of Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay would have paid the third. They weren't going to pay the second, but they would have paid the third. So why have they not taken a third round pick? For Landon Collins. And instead you let him go. You might get the compensatory pick back. But I don't think so. Because they've signed Golden Tate. Which has nullified that. So they're not even going to get the compensatory pick back. Madness. Just, it just There's no logic to their signings. They you know, they need an outside threat. They sign a slot receiver. When they already have a slot receiver. <laughs> I, I just I don't understand this. Like I don't understand what they're looking at. You know they, they signed. You know they've got back. You know. Kevin Zeitler, which is great. I, I actually don't mind that trade. I felt they won that trade when they got Zeitler. I felt strength in the offensive line, help with the pass protection, help with some rub blocking. I totally got that. But I don't like doing it. I don't know about you. What do you think? I completely agree. I, it's an absolute shock. I mean, poor Jabril Peppers. He's drafted to the Browns in an era where Sashi Brown has built up the draft capital to go in, build a team. You know, they built the starting blocks of a team in the trenches and they got Baker Mayfield, a generational quarterback. Denzel Ward, one of the greatest cornerbacks of his class, probably the best cornerback in his class, paired him with Jabril Peppers from the year before. Miles Garrett, number one overall defensive end. Obviously, Joe Thomas left. Their offensive line is good. You've got Nick Chubb behind Kareem Hunt. is irrelevant. And then you go and get OBJ. Obviously, Jabril Peppers went the other way in the OBG trade. OBJ trade, sorry. And the guy's been dumped off at the Giants with nothing. But they're going to play him at safety to replace Landon Collins. He's not that sort of player. No. No, he's not even that sort of safety. I, I don't mind Jabril Peppers. I think he's a good player. But he's not going to play in the right position. I don't think he's an immediate replacement for Landon Collins. No, he's not. And I don't think you're going to replace him. Like, this is, But uh, I just don't know what the Giants are doing 
and it's frustrating because they're a big franchise that are going to they're going to dominate this season for all the wrong reasons because they're going to be a team that are in national headlights that are going to get absolutely panned. I mean, they're going to get caned on television this year. The amount of Giants games that are going to be nationally televised and they're going to get absolutely whooped. And it's just embarrassing. Like, I just think there's nothing for them. Like, they, they, they've not managed this free agency period well. They've, they've got a load of money tied up in dead cap. I just don't see what they where they move forward from here. And I don't see what they... I mean, like I said, if they draft offensive line, defensive line in their first round picks, at least they go, okay, right, they're in tank mode, fine. They're building the replacement pieces for future years. I don't mind that. But if they sign any other position, if they go tight end, wide receiver, defensive backs... I just think they've lost, they've lost it. Like at that point, someone needs to get Dave Gettleman out of a job. Like someone just needs to fire him on the spot and just say, right, Dave, you're done. And just bring someone else in, get the janitor to go upstairs because he could probably do a better job. Or my man Murph. Or me. Just saying. So that's the absolute disgrace that is the Giants. Murph and I have covered that. Like we've said before, Murph for the job. Sunshine State, let's move to Florida. The Dolphins, are they tanking, Murph? I, I think you should start on this one. Oh man, but this, I don't think they are. You don't I, think they're in tank? I, so, I don't like the term tank. I I don't think a professional outfit should throw stuff away willy-nilly. There is obviously, because there's money involved and there are businesses, there is obviously a strategy. And which I think Fitzpatrick, as fun as he might come to the team, he might energise this Dolphins team to seven or eight wins. And if he does that, he hasn't really tanked them well enough to get a decent quarterback next year. I don't that's fair, right? Yeah, 100%. There was... Who put the tweet out about Miami being really weird, running and throwing? It wasn't Zach Moore. Evan Silver? It might have been Evan Silver. He put a tweet out about how they only ran it three times to every time, they 28 times they threw it. I think that might have been Jack Duffin's research that he got from somewhere. I know what you mean now, yeah. So anyway, Miami came bottom of the league in rushes per throwing attempts yeah and for every <clears throat> for every 28 throws they only ran it three times which is why rush nation if you drafted Kenyon drake last year that's why he killed you <laughs> that was me i drafted him nearly everywhere but got away from him early well you did well and and we'll tell people to do the same if they need to get away next year but with that being said yeah i don't know what happens now down there because of fitzpatrick yeah all right stills uh, Albert Wilson and Kenyon no not Kenyon Drake Devontae Parker if he has he re-signed this deal yep. so Devontae Parker the absolute fantasy misnomer that he is listen we called the one week of the season where he was going to be good yeah, I don't <laughs> let's know. not forget that no no I mean, <laughs> we were bang on the money when needed be but I don't know if that money is ever going to cash in again next season who no. knows who knows what happens but if they continue the 23 to 3 throws to rushes then those wide receivers are going to be fun I think but they got rid of Sue, obviously the money there. Now Tannehill's gone. I don't know if they're tanking. I think they are tanking, but like we mentioned earlier with the Giants, they're doing it completely the opposite way to the Giants. So, so let me ask you a question. Do you think they draft a quarterback in this year's draft? No. So you don't think they will? No. Okay. I think they are going completely after the good, you know, Tua, Tua Langvi. I don't know if that's correct. Yeah, Justin Herbert. Yeah. They're by far better than anyone in this year's class. Okay. Do you not? Do you agree? I do. It, de- it depends on scheme and it depends on what you're you're going for. But yeah, I I, I buy that logic that I believe they're better long term prospects. Do yeah. Okay, and Flores is obviously a defensive minded head coach, correct? Yeah, they've got some decent defenders up in in. I'm not up down in Florida, uh, at Miami. So I think they'll go after a quarterback in next year's draft. I don't know what they do this year. I don't I don't know where their weak points are or anything like that. But I think. I don't think they take one this year. Do you then? I, I'm i of the belief that I think they trade up and get a guy. And I think the person that... This is an opinion. I don't have any inside knowledge or amazing sources. I'm not... You know, we, we're not <laughs> Vote World and we're not uh, Rappaport or anyone like this. Right? It's a personal opinion that I believe they trade up and they go for Dwayne Haskins. That's my honest belief. I think they go for Dwayne Haskins... I think they're going to play um, almost similar to that Jacksonville offense a couple of years ago. I think they'll reverse it and go more run heavy. Right. I think they'll probably look to get Kenyon Drake a little bit more involved. I don't think they're going to go as all out as 
um, they were because obviously you've brought in Fitzpatrick and I think he is the gunslinger and I think he does get deep throws. I think if you can get shares of Albert Wilson, um, especially with Fitzpatrick there, I think definitely that helps. I think they'll play Fitzpatrick for the majority of the season for as long as they can. Yep. I, I just think if you're going to tank or there's, as you say, tank is not the right word, play a strategy to go and get one of those premium quarterbacks next year. Fitzpatrick is not your guy. Fitzpatrick will win you six games, seven games, I think, give or take. Somewhere in that five to seven range, I think, is where he sits because he's not terrible. So, for instance, if he does win you seven games, yeah. this year, if you won seven games, you pick 13th, which is where the Dolphins are picking. Yeah. So, if he does that again next year... They're that, not getting those. They're playing you exactly the same boat. So, this is what I mean. I don't think you're picking Ryan Fitzpatrick... As a, as a, we're just writing off 2019. I think you're bringing Ryan Fitzpatrick in to be a coach for your next quarterback. Now, it could also mean if it's not Haskins, it could be someone like Drew Locke. And Drew Locke has very similar, he's got a big cannon arm, he's a bit mobile like Fitzpatrick. Drew Locke, for me, makes more sense than Dwayne Haskins. So if they went Drew Locke, I wouldn't be overly surprised. I could see that partnership working really well. You sit Drew Locke for the majority of the season. You let Ryan Fitzpatrick teach him. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is not one of these egotistical quarterbacks that is going to say, no, you're coming for my job. I've got no interest in you. Ryan Fitzpatrick will give Drew Locke or Dwayne Haskins or whichever quarterback they get all the time in the world to develop them. He will understand that he's part of his job. I don't understand why you sign a veteran quarterback like him and then not use him in that coaching role if you're only giving him a two-year deal. I don't think he just starts this year and uncontested for the whole year. I think he starts and plays the majority of the game, sure. Two-year option, they can get away from next year pretty cheap. They might just say, stick around, help the kid a little bit more while he's starting. Be that coach and see off your final year and then retire. So here's why I think they, yeah. if they do draft a quarterback, I don't think they trade up. And i tell you for why. Here's the draft order. The Cardinals, so let's take the... Yeah. Say they take Kyler Murray, he's off the board. The 49ers are next. They don't take a quarterback, don't need one. Jets, don't need one. Raiders, they may have traded Derek Carr by then because who knows what John Gruden's going to do on draft night. I don't think they take one. Okay, so they don't take one. The Bucks don't take one. The Giants, so as we just mentioned, are saying they're not going to take one. The Jags just signed Foles. The Lions have Matty Stafford. The Bills, Josh Allen. Then you come to 10 Broncos. Now do the Broncos take Drew, Drew Locke? Potentially. If they do, then he's off the board. The Bengals are next. Now, they need a quarterback. So they might take one. They might take one. So that's Haskins gone. The Packers after that at 12. They don't take a quarterback. And the Finns are at 13. If you're going to trade up, I think you only need to trade up three places for the Broncos. I think you've got to trade up more. I think you've got to trade up more because I think there's a few teams in there. You don't know what Washington are going to do. But they're drafting at 15. Yeah, but they might trade up. You know, you're looking at other teams. Um, okay, uh, yeah, I'm basing this on they're the only team trading up here, which is yeah. For me, if I'm Miami, I, I, I know that the Buccaneers will trade down. I know that the Buccaneers will trade down because they did last year. Yep. And they'd be quite happy to trade down to 13. They pretty much did that last year. They traded from seven to 13 last year. And as long as they get some second round picks, some compensation in there, the Buccaneers have roster spots they need to fill so if they can get more picks they'll do that so they might get a cheaper price as you say at seven at eight at nine which is possible and in which case they jump ahead and they might only trade up three or four spots that's also a possibility but the way i look at it with the with the with the situation they're at i think they are writing off 2019 and what they're doing is quite smart because they're dumping money they're getting rid of big contracts Got rid of Tannehill, who was due $26 million this year, which is just ridiculous. It looks like Robert Quinn is going to the Cowboys. Yep. His contract is worth, I think it's around about 12 or $13 million with the bonuses. If they trade him, they're only on for $1.1 million. Right. So, again, you trade him, you get something back. Sixth round pick, fifth round pick, something like that. Um, get more money off the books. And then you're... In the process where in, the, in your first year you get your QB, you train them up, you've got Fitzpatrick there, he's the perfect guy to really train somebody up. And you've got Fitzpatrick who will appease the fans because it'll be entertaining. They'll take a year of tanking. Not tanking again, wrong word, but of not challenging. 
So then in 2020, you then have more cap available than you would because you've got rid of Tannehill, you've got rid of Quinn, you'll probably get rid of some others. You have a quarterback who's sat a year, maybe played a couple of games, but nothing too much, almost like the Mahomes effect. Someone who'll be ready for the system, ready to go for it. Brian Flores will feet under the table. He'll have no pressure on him this year. He can try some schemes, try some things he wants to work, build a competitive team. And then in 2021, when they've got a load of money, they could have as much as 120 million free in 2021. That's when you can challenge, spend a load of money. And that coincides directly with when Brady should retire at 45. So you've got this dipper where Brady might retire and the, the Dolphins are ready to strike around 2021. So if you can navigate the next two years by dumping contracts, take what you get this year, six wins, seven wins. Challenge more next year, maybe make the playoffs, maybe just miss. Make some good free agency additions, draft some good quality players in 2021. Aggress it hard with massive amounts of cap and just go out and do what you need to do to get it done. I think that is what they're trying to do. For me, as an inexperienced fantasy podcast host. And soon to be Giants GM. And soon to be Giants GM. That's what I would be doing if I was the Giants GM. I would be offloading high contracts for players who aren't going to make massive impacts. I'd take a quarterback this year. Yes, okay, we know next year's class is better, but I don't see them. You look at some of the teams in there. The Giants, candidates for the one pick. The Bengals, maybe. you got a new head coach nobody knows much about. The Cardinals, depends who they take at one. But if they take Kyler Murray, maybe not. But that team is, it's the number one for a reason, right? You, you look at some of the other teams around there. The 49ers, you'd expect to improve. The Jets, you'd expect to improve. Oakland, you'd expect to improve. Tampa, maybe you'd expect to improve under Arians. But I don't see the Giants improving. I don't see the Arizona Cardinals jumping from two, three wins to seven wins. I don't see, who's that, Detroit? Don't see them really smashing it based on what they've got. They might improve slightly, but not loads. The Bills, six-win team, maybe. I I just don't see where they're going to get into the top three unless they trade all their assets next year. So I think they're going quarterback this year. That's what it looks like to me. But No, no, I'm quite happy to be swayed by your... That's my logic. I think they go quarterback this year. I think they trade up, they get one. I still think Fitzpatrick plays the majority of games. I still think he plays 10, 10 games. Because I think it's a win-win then. Because I think if he, if he's really terrible and they go 2-8... and eight, Then you're at the top of the draft anyway. You're near the top of the draft. I think you manage that situation and you go get yourself the best player in the draft. And if you don't like your quarterback, heck, go draft another one. doesn't matter. Fair. So the Dolphins are tanking. It's just not tanking in five-yard rush. We're but they've got a plan. The difference between them... If I'm a fan of the Giants and the Dolphins, I get on board with the Dolphins' plan immediately. There's logic to what they're doing. They're dumping big contracts. They clearly have a strategy in place. They've hired a new coach. They under, they've gone through. Everybody's on board that they might not be good this year. I don't think Brian Flores is under pressure if he wins three games this year. No. Unlike, say, Steve Wilkes at Arizona. So, for me, they, they've got a new defensive hire. They're clearing house. They get rid of crap contracts. And they're basically cleaning house and starting again. And they're going to start the rebuild, which I like. The Giants don't seem to have any resemblance of a plan. What they're doing is a bit nuts. Because they're, they're getting rid of contracts, but they're paying a load of that money themselves. You know, okay, they, the Dolphins have had to pay 13 and a bit million to Tannehill. It's a lot of money, but they're on the hook for another 13 million. Like, it was a lot of money to... It was a lose-lose situation. It was a crap contract from a previous regime. So they get rid of that. You know, if Quinn goes... They're paying a million in dead cap. You don't mind that to get 12 million in cap space back almost. So that's the bit where it makes a bit more sense to get rid of these big... You know, they've got Devontae Parker. They've not paid him big money to come back. So almost why wouldn't you? He's a first-round talent, quote-unquote. So if they can sort scheme out, sort a few things out, I think they're good to go in two years to to knock off the Patriots if they execute this plan brilliantly. And yeah. I think that's their, that's their goal. Well, Rush Nation, let us know what you think on Twitter. Who's got it right, the Finns or the Giants? And if anyone <laughs> comes and says the Giants, Murph's going to be on your tails. Oh, no, I'll just send you a link to... Um, the podcast. Big Blue Boy. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> I'll send you a link to that. And you go listen to that for an hour and you tell me... Uh, it's a brilliant podcast. It's genuinely one of the best podcasts I've ever heard in my life. So uh, I couldn't recommend it more. No doubt. I enjoyed it. 
in fact I got lost at work, not lost but I lost an hour of my day at work and completely absorbed in it which doesn't happen often right shout out to the boys over at NFL Vintage UK my Aaron Hernandez jersey turn up today along with a couple of sweet stickers which have already made their way onto the 5 yard brush desk just below me on the video and photos that you might see go check out NFL Vintage UK unfortunately the code isn't working anymore but just go and support the local business over there right rush nation it's that time everybody's waited for managed to squeeze it into the show and murph this last one cannot be true oh you didn't want to go over our uh pick strategy for what you missed our pick strategy no it's not here yeah between where do the giants go from here in miami no, no we'll do that next time okay that's good uh Good to looking forward to. Okay. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're into the, uh, we're getting to the witching hour, so. Ah, uh, fair enough. Into the old witching hour. Fair enough. Uh, Merv on the streets. Um, so, as Ryan Fitzpatrick, who we've talked about, joins Miami, he can become the first quarterback in Super Bowl era to play a game for three of the four current AFC East franchises. He will be the fifth quarterback since 2002 to play for three of the four teams in the division, joining Bruce Grajkowski, Tim Hasselbeck, uh, podcast favourite Mark Sanchez and Luke McCown. Quarterbacks to win the Super Bowl in their second season. Kurt Warner, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson. Is Baker Mayfield the next second year quarterback to hoist the Lombardi Trophy? Have to wait and see. The only players with more rushing touchdowns than Mark Ingram with 18 since 2017 is Todd Gurley and Alvin Kamara. And Ingram also missed for the first four games of last season. Like, that is ridiculous. I did not know this until I saw it. I was like, this... That's what I just said. It can't be true. But it is. That is a ridiculous stat. So Mark Ingram could be a sneaky, sneaky good goal line pickup for anyone in fantasy at the Ravens where you'd like to think he'd be the goal line back. Mind you, I, f- I think in like fourth or fifth place is LeGrand <laughs> Yeah, but that's because he pounded 18 in with the Patriots three years ago. Uh, This might be my favourite of all time. So not only did the Giants undoubtedly lose their best wide receiver, but they may also have lost their best quarterback. They did. According to (laughs) next-gen stats, Odell Beckham Jr. threw the two longest touchdown passes by a Giant player last season. I think I mentioned it before, but I thought with the trade and talking about the Giants, I just had to bring that up one more time. Absolutely incredible. We also have some news maybe on discussions of next gen stats in the next couple of weeks as well yes sir but that is an industry secret and we can't possibly mention it anymore fair a little teaser a little teaser there's going to be some next gen stats coming with one of the more known names in fantasy but i'm going to leave it there you can rush nation can work that out get in contact with us it's wednesday it's the middle of the week this isn't our last show we've got a guest returning on friday no. Very excited for him. Friday, yeah, he is going to be on Friday. Cannot wait. It's going to be some good stuff on the draft and so forth in that. That's right, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, discussing purely the draft. We're only, I think, four, five weeks from the draft. We're not very far. So um, we're going to do a little bit more draft uh, draft content. We'll probably try and do another mock draft and we'll probably do one on air. And um, we're also going to be doing a live mock draft, which is something that. Uh, Stocks and I have been putting together over the last few weeks and it's very exciting it's nearly complete where we're going to have different hosts from different teams we're going to have 32 hosts well not 32 28 28 hosts and Murph and I are going to be sort of commissionering it correct and being like analysts we're basically going to have like our own little network so imagine us being we're basically telling you what's going to happen in the draft before it happens that's just how you see the show that's going to be incredible and on that bombshell We're going to end the show. Go and find us on all your favourite podcast stations. Give us a like, subscribe. Five-star review would be absolutely unreal. Yeah, so just on that, the reviews have dropped down a little bit lately. Um, So we had some really good reviews. We still have the patches to give away. So please, any new listeners who we've picked up from recent guests, please do review us on iTunes um, and send us a screenshot. That'd be great. But please do subscribe because, as you've seen over the last couple of weeks, sometimes we just drop a podcast on the go don't want you to miss out um we've seen cases where people haven't subscribed and then they've seen that we've dropped three podcasts in like no time at all and um absolutely lost their <laughs> well you know and then we're and then they're trying to catch up so hit the subscribe button even if you don't like what we've got to say or you don't like the topic then you know you can always 
um, delete it, but at least like subscribe it, and it helps with <laughs> helps with continuity, and it means you won't miss out on all our top content, giveaways, and everything else. Yep. So once again, shout out to Stuart Love for Monday's episode. It was unreal. He's going to come back on. Looking forward to Friday's guest. But Rush Nation, middle of the week. Murph and I, this is it. We're done. See you Friday. Don't forget, keep rushing. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.